I've had it. You know why? My older brother is going to get the lion's share of everything from my father when he dies. And I can't do anything to change my father's mind. That's the way things are, after all. The oldest son takes over for the father. So, I ask my father for my share of my inheritance now. I might as well enjoy life while I can, because later, my life won't be worth a thing. I'm done with this family. I'm getting out of here. Finally, he's gone. It's about time. All my younger brother ever did was complain about un how unfair life was, always shouting about how our father didn't love him. Well, is it my fault that I was born first? He needs to repent. He needs to stop being so resentful and accept his place in the family. And yet, I have this feeling, you know, that our father might love him more than he loves me. I don't get it. I do everything that I'm supposed to do. After all, my father owes me, right? So I better make sure that I do everything right so that I don't lose my father's favor. Why does my father love him so much? What have I ever done wrong? What a sad sight. Why did my master's son leave the house? I am just a servant of this family, but I appreciate what I received from this family. This youngest son had everything he could have asked for, especially his father's love. Oh, sure, his older brother was old, owed his father's riches, but he seemed to get further and further away from his father's love. The older ones seemed to care more about being in charge than in being part of the family. His father saw how he looked down on his younger brother. He didn't like that. But he is patient with them both, no matter what. What a good father. I am so glad to be a part of this household. I will pray for the best. with me? Loving God, God who comes to us as a parent, as a sibling, as our best friend, we come to you today so grateful to be invited into your family. Help us to remember how valuable that invitation is. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts 
be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, either through us or in spite of us. Speak to us, thy people, we pray. Amen. A generous parent. Two spoiled children. One takes pride in being able to inherit the power in the family, and the other is ashamed and resentful and leaves the family. The family servant looks on, sees what's happening, and is just glad to be a part of the household. And the father, loving them all, tries to be patient with them all. The father will wait patiently for the younger child to return. With an open heart, he's expected by the father. The story from today's reading in Luke's gospel is one of the most famous parable stories of Jesus. It seems like a simple story, but like most parables of Jesus, its simplicity hides deeper truths, truths that seem to shift depending on our point of view. And like our church family who played out the roles here so well, praise God, we can all find a different angle on the story depending on who we are and how we are when we read it and reflect on the different roles in the story and how they seem sometimes to look like our own lives or other people in our lives or God in our life. Each time we might see a new angle on God ourselves and others. And each time we might be listening to it and find one person in the story or many or someone not in it that seems like us. And each time we hear it and reflect on it, our lives are in a different place. Are we like the younger son, frustrated with what seems like the unfairness of life and reflecting, rejecting our family and our God as we get lost in the world of empty pleasures and empty friendships, only to discover how much we need God's mercy and love? Are we like the Father, like God, looking at the wanderings and the mistakes of our children and trying to be patient with them and generous with them, even when they reject us, and even when they take our love and our faith for granted? Or are we like the elder son, having done things all of our life that we think should give us God's favor and our family's favor, only to discover that grace is for broken people as much as it is for fortunate people, and often much more? Or are we like the servant in this broken family, looking in on how two spoiled children fail to appreciate the generousness of a parent who is not even their parent, watching over everyone as if that person were their own family member? It was, after all, the memory of how well his father treated his servants that encouraged the youngest son to return to his father. It seems like the servant in the story knows more about the father's love, God's love, than his children. Many years ago, the painter known as Rembrandt captured all of this and more in a famous painting of this parable in Luke's Gospel. 
we see all of these characters in the painting, and we get to choose which one to focus on. If you look at the painting carefully, though, there's a person that doesn't seem to belong there. The person in the painting that doesn't seem to belong there is actually almost in the middle of the painting. It's a man sitting looking carefully at the father and the youngest son as he's embraced by his father when he returns. He's not a servant. He's not a family member, it seems. Who is he? Well, if you look at other paintings by Rembrandt, it doesn't take you long to figure out who this person is. It's Rembrandt. He painted himself into the middle of his own painting, reflecting on the characters in the parable the way that we do. It seems that Rembrandt realized that he, too, had a choice. He, too, wondered about who he would be in this parable. Who are we in this parable? We are whoever we need to be to come home to God. Amen? If you need to overcome your resentment for younger generations, you're expected by God, who waits for them and you equally, like the most loving and patient of parents, letting you know with everything that God does that everyone deserves forgiveness and dignity and joyful celebration when we come home to God with open and repentant hearts. The way that we live our faith in the image of our loving God and as a household of God sets the stage for the return of the prodigal children of faith. If you feel that you ran away from God and God's family, and you're afraid of, of coming home like that prodigal son, you're expected. God's been waiting since the beginning of time for you to come home. Our birth and our baptism were moments of exceeding joy for our loving God. And we should learn from God's servants, as the younger son did, that this is a good thing. Taste just how bad things are away from your God's home. And then come home to the God who loves you, who waits for you with open arms and an open heart, ready to offer you far more than all you can ask or imagine when you return with a humble and open heart. If you feel that you've done everything that God has asked of you, but you still feel resentful and angry and unfulfilled like the elder son, you're expected too. The God who loves you like one of his own children appreciates how hard you've worked. But God wants you to appreciate even more the love of God that money or work can never buy. Love that bears fruit in this world even when we feel that we have failed. Failure to love 
is our only real failure, after all. If you feel that you serve God and appreciate God and love God, but are never worthy of being in God's family for real, you're expected. Your humility and your gratitude is loved by our God very deeply. It's the model of what makes people like the prodigal son who have wandered from God's love have the confidence that God will accept them when they decide to come home. God appreciates your service. God is ready to offer you far more as a servant of God. Ask God to be adopted. You're expected. And if you're like Rembrandt in that painting, looking in on this but not really committing yourself to any of these relationships with our saving God, you're expected. We can think about it, mull it over as long as we want, but until you're part of God's extended family in your heart, you're really not in the picture, even if you paint yourself into it. Choose any of these roles to start your journey as part of the family of God. You're expected and wanted and needed as any of us are. It doesn't really matter where you start in this picture of faith. What's important in the end, though, is that we are at home with God in our hearts. Come home to the God who has always expected us, ready to serve God as God's children, and amazed by the grace that makes us God's children. Grace from the God who loves us, who sets us free in the safety of God's loving arms. Come home. You're expected. You'll always be expected. Amen. Our hymn of response is a. God, please be seated. What a joy it is to be here this morning. Amen. Amen. What a joy it is to have a loving God, a caring God. And I'm so privileged this morning to represent the United Methodist Church Committee on Relief, UMCOR. UMCOR is a global organization that is the first to arrive, the last to leave, in more disaster situations than we can possibly count. From Queens in New York City, from the coast of Connecticut to North Carolina, to Africa, to Haiti, to wherever help is needed, when it's needed. We show up first, we stay, we leave last until healing has been accomplished. I'm going to see if this video plays. We just might get lucky. Give it a shot. Okay. Sometimes the magic works and sometimes it won't. And the answer is, here it comes. 
Association for Zone. It's Tropical Cyclone Deneo, and it's expected to become. This is by far worse than anything I've seen. There's an old definition of a disaster, and that's to be without a star. And the thing that happens many times after disasters is that the power goes out in some places, and people can actually see the stars. But they can also see the stars in one another. Peace that would pass his understanding, and with leadership that would guide people through their time of need. the United Methodist Committee on Relief is the disaster and the development uh, arm of the whole United Methodist Church. When you give to AMCOR, you give 100% to the project you are supporting and to the disaster you want to respond to. This is only possible because on AMCOR Sunday, the United Methodist people raise funds so that the administrative costs of AMCOR are already covered. Well, UMCOR, of course, responds to emergencies with funding, training, and expertise. But we're mostly known for being in it for the long haul. Uh, we work alongside the conferences as they set up projects and programs to try to see families and individuals through to their recovery, which sometimes takes months and most often years. We're very busy. We're a very small team but we work hard then. UMCOR exists because of the donation of its members, it, the UMC people. So if there is a million people giving a $1 each, it makes more than one person giving 10,000. UMCOR has been for more than 75 years in this business of being hope, of being there for people in need in the moment of disaster when they have lost everything. And through AMCOR, the United Methodist people are hope in these situations. You know, walls are coming down, um, people are, are coming together. And they don't have power yet, but they're still finding ways to feed each other. And that feeds the soul, not just the body. Lift up those who have fallen. What a privilege it is to be part of this important ministry, the United Methodist Church, to be able to say we're there, we bring hope, and we bring healing. As people are helping their neighbor and helping each other in their community, they begin to see that the love of God has not left them. It's right there. So UMCOR wants to support that wonderful thing that can happen after disasters. UMCOR wants to be there with the people who are noticing the stars in one another, and they're noticing God's grace all around. The sound there was a little bit soft, but I trust that a picture is worth a thousand words. I think what you should get out of that video is the scale of UMCOR. If you saw those enormous warehouses, UMCOR moves a lot of things. If you saw those Homer paint buckets filled with cleanup supplies, that's a scale that any church can do and help with, just like we do our health kits. If you saw that small administrative team working with people around the world, that's the scale at which UMCOR works. We don't ask a lot on this one UMCOR Sunday to fund that team. But what we do as the United Methodist Church on this Sunday to do that, 
then makes every single dollar donated by people responding to disasters go to disaster relief and not to administrative overhead. And that is pretty unique in this world. So I thank you and for watching that, and please consider that when we get to our offering, or if you can bring the envelope home and bring it another time when you're ready to donate to UMCOR. So I thank you for your time there. It's time now for the prayers of the people. Time when we lift up our joys and concerns. And we have a joy. Tony Babcock is home. The wound on her other foot that got infected has cleared up. And I was grateful to go to Yale New Haven Hospital the other day and to discover that she'd already checked out. What a joy that is. Amen. Exactly. Right, checked out in a good way. Uh, Darla McKee is ill, and we pray for her continuing healing. Uh, we pray for a seven-year-old named Grace for the diagnosis of her illness. We pray for Lisa for her medical healing. We pray for Sherelle, who's in the ICU, uh, for her swift and accurate diagnosis. We also pray uh, for Mavis McConnell, who is home from the hospital also, but still recovering uh, and will be provided with uh, therapy at home for some time to come. There's one more I wanted to mention and see if the Lord helps me to remember. I'll do the prayers of the people here from our jar. Maybe that'll help me to remember. I'm thankful for our church family who always makes the little church that could a success. Amen. What a beautiful prayer. You folks are beautiful. Oops, I got a dud. Happens. A silent prayer. I pray for only good things to come for my family and my future. College, it says in parenthesis. I pray for young adults all over our community that they may have a life filled with fruit and joy through the grace of God. I don't think that I can quite remember that one, so I'll have to write it down for next Sunday, but it's an ongoing concern. Let's pray together. Loving God, on the Sunday of the prodigal son, on the Sunday of Umcor Sunday, we thank you for being a humble people in Christ. We thank you for people who have served in the house of God here and who are discovering this house of God as a place of invitation where people truly are invited. And we thank you for the mission of your church in Christ around the world that touches lives and hearts through the simplest of things that are needed sometimes, a clean face, a clean house, safety, and a hug and a prayer. We thank you for these simple things, O Lord, that you invite us into through Christian discipleship. Purify our hearts and know that a life of discipleship in Christ will invite us to more than we can ask or imagine. Help us to have faith in that vision and to come home to you as deeply as we can as individuals and as your people in Christ. And we thank and do this in the blessed name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Praise God for a blessed and beautiful church as we present our tithes and offerings to the love and the glory of God. And special thanks to our players today, David Schwerka, David Moore, and Corky Collins. Thank you very much. Let's give them a praise of amen. Thank you. Amen. And in the shining example that they have provided us today, let's say our charge to keep. God is expecting us to come home with open hearts and open minds and come into the open doors of God's salvation. Come home to God and rejoice. And now may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord please shine God's face upon us and be gracious unto us. And may, by the Lord's power, God lift up God's countenance even upon little old us and grant us peace now and forever. And may the mighty little church that can and shall please say, Amen. Bless you all. Have a blessed Sunday. We will be voting next week on the Verizon contract. If you have questions about it, uh, it's posted on the bulletin board, and I'm glad to discuss it with you during our fellowship time or any time during the week.
go. Get away. Poor Sally. She takes so much abuse from me. Ready?
which one are you doing in the middle of the bottom? Sing, sing, or sing. You know, I, I, I sort of sing sure. to the power of the Lord come down. Shout. Uh, are you a soprano or, or a soprano? Oh, okay. okay. You're over there. Sing to the power of the Lord come down. Shout hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Sing to the power of the Lord come down. Shout hallelujah. Praise his holy name. So find your know. So if you listen to the bottom note here, he did. We're getting that part to Corky. <laughs> yeah, good, good. All right, all right, sorry. sorry. Make sure you got your note. Okay, here we go. If you get the first one, it's pretty easy, right? All right. Here we go from the top. But yeah. I thought she knew a little part she knew. I did, but yeah. I didn't find it. Oh, okay. It's at the bottom of page two. Holy Jesus.
So it's you're so if you're looking at uh, what are you looking at? Like I don't what know, what I know, I'm Hold on, I know, I know. What are you reading exactly? Okay. So you're doing this part. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. pray twice. Okay. Wait, we can do first. One, 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 two. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. One, two. Okay, good. We're gonna practice that. We're gonna we're gonna beat that into you. Ready? One, two, go. Hallelujah. praise his name hallelujah let us praise his name hallelujah lord praise his holy name yeah, yeah, yeah. all right oh, you're doing right. the low See, bar that's written in. start that okay so we go shout hallelujah natural is gross. Hallelujah, Lord. Ready, go. Hallelujah, Lord. Yeah, get up there. Get up there. Oh, no, it's all of you. You're all flat. Hallelujah, Lord. Just, it's, it's higher than you think. No, no, no. It's just, we're, it's like, it's an accidental. So, you're, you're, the tendency is just to go flat. Not your fault.